Good afternoon. My name is David and I'll be your conference operator today. At this time, I'd like to welcome everyone to NVIDIA's second quarter earnings call. Today's conference is being recorded. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there'll be a question and answer session. If you'd like to ask a question during this time, simply press the star key followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. If you'd like to withdraw your question, press star one once again. Thank you, Simona Jankowski. You may begin your conference. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to NVIDIA's conference call for the second quarter of fiscal 2024. With me today from NVIDIA are Jensen Huang, President and Chief Executive Officer, and Colette Kress, Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer. I'd like to remind you that our call is being webcast live on NVIDIA's Investor Relations website. The webcast will be available for replay until the conference call to discuss our financial results for the third quarter of fiscal 2024. The content of today's call is NVIDIA's property. It can be reproduced or transcribed without our prior written consent. During this call, we may make forward-looking statements based on current expectations. These are subject to a number of significant risks and uncertainties, and our actual results may differ materially. For a discussion of factors that could affect our future financial results and business, please refer to the disclosure in today's earnings release, our most recent forms, 10K and 10Q, and the reports that we may file on Form 8K with the Securities and Exchange Commission. All our statements are made as of today, August 23rd, 2023, based on information currently available to us. Except as required by law, we assume no obligation to update any such statements. During this call, we will discuss non-GAAP financial measures. You can find a reconciliation of these non-GAAP financial measures to GAAP financial measures in our CFO commentary, which is posted on our website. And with that, let me turn the call over to Colette. Thanks, Simona. We had an exceptional quarter. Record Q2 revenue of $13.51 billion was up 88% sequentially and up 101% year-on-year and above our outlook of $11 billion. Let me first start with Data Center. Record revenue of $10.32 billion was up 141% sequentially and up 171% year-on-year. Data Center compute revenue nearly tripled year-on-year, driven primarily by accelerating demand from cloud service providers and large consumer internet companies for our HDX platform, the engine of generative AI and large language models. Major companies including AWS, Google Cloud, Meta, Microsoft Azure, and Oracle Cloud, as well as a growing number of GPU cloud providers are deploying in volume HDX systems based on our Hopper and Ampere architecture Tensor Core GPUs. Networking revenue almost doubled year on year driven by our end-to-end InfiniBand networking platform, the gold standard for AI. There is tremendous demand for NVIDIA accelerated computing and AI platforms. Our supply partners have been exceptional in ramping capacity to support our needs. Our data center supply chain, including HDX, with 35,000 parts and highly complex networking, has been built up over the past decade. We have also developed and qualified additional capacity and suppliers for key steps in the manufacturing process, such as 
COAS packaging. We expect supply to increase each quarter through next year. By geography, data center growth was strongest in the U.S. as customers direct their capital investments to AI and accelerated computing. China demand was within the historical range of 20 to 25% of our data center revenue, including compute and networking solutions. At this time, let me take a moment to address recent reports on the potential for increased regulations on our exports to China. We believe the current regulation is achieving the intended results. Given the strength of demand for our products worldwide, we do not anticipate that additional export restrictions on our data center GPUs, if adopted, would have an immediate material impact to our financial results. However, over the long term, restrictions prohibiting the sale of our data center GPUs to China, if implemented, will result in a permanent loss of an opportunity for the U.S. industry to compete and lead in one of the world's largest markets. Our cloud service providers drove exceptional strong demand for HDX systems in the quarter as they undertake a generational transition to upgrade their data center infrastructure for the new era of accelerated computing and AI. The NVIDIA HDX platform is culminating of nearly two decades of full stack innovation across silicon systems, interconnects, networking, software, and algorithms. Instances powered by the NVIDIA H100 Tensor Core GPUs are now generally available at AWS, Microsoft Azure, and several GPU cloud providers, with others on the way shortly. Consumer internet companies also drove the very strong demand. Their investments in data center infrastructure, purpose-built for AI, are already generating significant returns. For example, Meta recently highlighted that since launching Reels and AI recommendations have driven a more than 24% increase in time spent on Instagram. Enterprises are also racing to deploy generative AI, driving strong consumption of NVIDIA-powered instances in the cloud, as well as demand for on-premise infrastructure. Whether we serve customers in the cloud or on-prem, through partners or direct, their applications can run seamlessly on NVIDIA AI enterprise software with access to our acceleration libraries, retained models, and APIs. We announced a partnership with Snowflake to provide enterprises with accelerated paths to create customized generative AI applications using their own proprietary data, all securely within the Snowflake data cloud. With the NVIDIA NEMO platform for developing large language models, enterprises will be able to make custom LLMs for advanced AI services, including chatbots, search, and summarization right from the Snowflake data cloud. Virtually every industry can benefit from generative AI. For example, AI co-pilots, such as those just announced by Microsoft, can boost the productivity of over a billion office workers and tens of millions of software engineers. Millions of professionals in legal services, 
sales, customer support, and education will be available to leverage AI assistants trained in their field. AI co-pilots and assistants are set to create new multi-hundred billion dollar market opportunities for our customers. We are seeing some of the earliest applications of generative AI in marketing, media, and entertainment. WPP, the world's largest marketing and communication services organization, is developing a content engine using NVIDIA Omniverse to enable artists and designers to integrate generative AI into 3D content creation. WPP designers can create images from text prompts while responsibly trained generative AI tools and content from NVIDIA partners such as Adobe and Getty Images using NVIDIA Picasso, a foundry for custom generative AI models for visual design. Visual content provider Shutterstock is also using NVIDIA Picasso to build tools and services that enable users to create 3D scene backgrounds with the help of generative AI. We partnered with ServiceNow and Accenture to launch the AI Lighthouse program, fast-tracking the development of enterprise AI capabilities. AI Lighthouse unites the ServiceNow enterprise automation platform and engine with NVIDIA Accelerated Computing and with Accenture Consulting and Deployment Services. We are collaborating also with Hugging Face to simplify the creation of new and custom AI models for enterprises. Hugging Face will offer a new service for enterprises to train and tune advanced AI models powered by NVIDIA DGX Cloud. And just yesterday, VMware and NVIDIA announced a major new enterprise offering called VMware Private AI Foundation with NVIDIA, a fully integrated platform featuring AI software and accelerated computing from NVIDIA with multi-cloud software for enterprises running VMware. VMware's hundreds of thousands of enterprise customers will have access to the infrastructure, AI, and cloud management software needed to customize models and run generative AI applications, such as intelligent chatbots, assistance, search, and summarization. We also announced new NVIDIA AI Enterprise Ready Servers, featuring the new NVIDIA L40S GPU, built for the industry standard data center server ecosystem and Bluefield 3 DPU data center infrastructure processor. L40S is not limited by COAS supply and is shipping to the world's leading server system makers. L40S is a universal data center processor designed for high volume data center scaling out to accelerate the most compute intensive applications, including AI training and infancy, 3D design and visualization, video processing, and NVIDIA Omniverse industrial digitalization. NVIDIA AI enterprise ready servers are fully optimized for VMware Cloud Foundation and Private AI Foundation. Nearly 100 configurations of NVIDIA AI Enterprise Ready Servers will soon be available from the world's leading enterprise IT computing companies, including Dell, HPE, and Lenovo. 
the GH200 Grace Hopper Superchip, which combines our ARM-based Grace CPU with Hopper GPU, entered full production and will be available this quarter in OEM servers. It is also shipping to multiple supercomputing customers, including Los Altos National Lab and the Swiss National Computing Center. And NVIDIA and SoftBank are collaborating on a platform based on GH200 for generative AI and 5G, 6G applications. The second generation version of our race hopper superchip with the latest HBM3E memory will be available in Q2 of calendar 2024. We announced the GGX GH200, a new class of large memory AI supercomputer for giant AI language models, recommendator systems, and data analytics. This is the first use of the new NVIDIA NVLink switch system, enabling all of its 256 Grace Hopper superchips to work together as one, a huge jump compared to our prior generation connecting just eight GPUs over NVLink. BGX GH200 systems are expected to be available by the end of the year. Google Cloud, Meta, and Microsoft among the first to gain access. Strong networking growth was driven primarily by InfiniBan infrastructure to connect HGX GPU systems. Thanks to its end-to-end -end optimization and in-network computing capabilities, InfiniBan delivers more than double the performance of traditional Ethernet for AI. For billions of dollar AI infrastructures, the value from the increased throughput of InfiniBan is worth hundreds of millimeters and pays for the network. In addition, only InfiniBan can scale to hundreds of thousands of GPUs. It is the network of choice for leading AI practitioners. For Ethernet-based cloud data centers that seek to optimize their AI performance, we announced NVIDIA Spectrum X, an accelerated networking platform designed to optimize Ethernet for AI workloads. Spectrum X couples the Spectrum 4 Ethernet switch with the Bluefield 3 DPU, achieving 1.5x better overall AI performance and power efficiency versus traditional Ethernet. Bluefield 3 DPU is a major success. It is in qualification with major OEMs and ramping across multiple CSBs and consumer internet companies. Now moving to gaming. Gaming revenue of $2.49 billion was up 11% sequentially and 22% year-on-year. Growth was fueled by GeForce RTX 40 series GPUs for laptops and desktops. End customer demand was solid and consistent with seasonality. We believe global end demand has returned to growth after last year's slowdown. We have a large upgrade opportunity ahead of us. Just 47% of our installed base have upgraded to RTX, and about 20% have a GPU with an RTX 3060 or higher performance. Laptop GPUs posted strong growth in the key back-to-school season led by RTX 4060 GPUs. NVIDIA's GPU-powered laptops have gained in popularity, and their shipments are now outpacing 
desktop GPUs in several regions around the world. This is likely to shift the reality of our overall gaming revenue a bit, with Q2 and Q3 as the stronger quarters of the year, reflecting the back-to-school and holiday build schedules for laptops. In desktop, we launched the GeForce RTX 4060s and the GeForce RTX 4060 Ti GPUs, bringing the Ada Lovelace architecture down to price points as low as $299. The ecosystem of RTX and DLSS games continued to expand. 35 new games added to DLSS support, including blockbusters such as Diablo 4 and Baldur's Gate 3. There's now over 330 RTX accelerated games and apps. We are bringing generative AI to games. At Computex, we announced NVIDIA Avatar Cloud Engine, or ACE, for games, a custom AI model foundry service. Developers can use the service to bring intelligence to non-player characters. It harnesses a number of NVIDIA Omniverse and AI technologies, including Nemo, Riva, and Audio Two-Face. Now moving to professional visualization. Revenue of $375 million was up 28% sequentially and down 24% year-on-year. The ADA architecture ramp drove strong growth in T2, rolling out initially in laptop workstations with a refresh of desktop workstations coming in Q3. These will include powerful new RTX systems with up to four NVIDIA RTX 6000 GPUs, providing more than 5,800 teraflops of AI performance and 192 gigabytes of GPU memory. They can be configured with NVIDIA AI Enterprise or NVIDIA Omniverse Enterprise. We also announced three new desktop workstation GPUs based on the ADA generation, the NVIDIA RTX 5000, 4500, and 4000, offering up to 2x the RT core throughput and up to 2x faster AI training performance compared to the previous generation. In addition to traditional workloads such as 3D design and content creation, new workloads in generative AI, large language model development, and data science are expanding the opportunity in pro visualization for our RTX technology. One of the key themes in Jensen's keynote at SIGGRAPH earlier this month was the conversion of graphics and AI. This is where NVIDIA Omniverse is positioned. Omniverse is OpenUSD native platform. OpenUSD is a universal interchange that is quickly becoming the standard for the 3D world, much like HTML is the universal language for the 2D internet. Together, Adobe, Apple, Autodesk, Pixar, and NVIDIA formed the alliance for OpenUSD. Our mission is to accelerate OpenUSD development and adoption. We announced new and upcoming Omniverse Cloud APIs, including RunUSD and ChatUSD, to bring generative AI to OpenUSD workloads. Moving to automotive. Revenue was 253 million, down 15% sequentially, and up 15% year on year. Solid year-on-year -year growth was driven by the ramp of self-driving platforms based on the NVIDIA Drive, Orin, 
SOC with a number of new energy vehicle makers. The sequential decline reflects lower overall automotive demand, particularly in China. We announced a partnership with MediaTek to bring drivers and passenger new experiences inside the car. MediaTek will develop automotive SOCs and integrate a new product line of NVIDIA GPU chiplets. The partnership covers a wide range of vehicle segments from luxury to entry level. Moving to the rest of the P&L, GAAP gross margins expanded to 70.1% and non-GAAP gross margin to 71.2%, driven by higher data center sales. Our data center products include a significant amount of software and complexity, uh, which is also helping drive our gross margins. Sequential GAAP operating expenses were up 6%, and non-GAAP operating expenses were up 5%, primarily reflecting increased compensation and benefits. We returned approximately $3.4 billion to shareholders in the form of share repurchases and cash dividends. Our board of directors has just approved an additional $25 billion in stock repurchases to add to our remaining $4 billion of authorization as of the end of Q2. Let me turn to the outlook for the third quarter of fiscal 2024. Demand for our data center platform for AI is tremendous and broad-based across industries and customers. Our demand visibility extends into next year. Our supply over the next several quarters will continue to ramp as we lower cycle times and work with our supply partners to add capacity. Additionally, the new L40S GPU will help address the growing demand for many types of workloads from cloud to enterprise. For Q3, for Q3 total revenue is expected to be $16 billion, plus or minus 2%. We expect sequential growth to be driven largely by data center, with gaming and ProBiz also contributing. Gap and non-gap gross margins are expected to be 71.5% and 72.5%, respectively, plus or minus 50 basis points. Gap and non-gap operating expenses are expected to be approximately $2.95 billion and $2 billion, respectively. GAAP and non-GAAP other income and expenses are expected to be an income of approximately $100 billion, excluding gains and losses from non-affiliated investments. GAAP and non-GAAP tax rates are expected to be 14.5%, plus or minus 1%, excluding any discrete items. Further financial details are included in the CFO commentary and other information available on our IR website. In closing, let me highlight some upcoming events for the financial community. We will attend the Jeffries Tech Summit on August 30th in Chicago, the Goldman Sachs Tech Conference on September 5th in San Francisco, the Evercore Semiconductor Conference on September 6th, as well as the City Tech Conference on September 7th, both in New York, and the B of A Virtual AI Conference on September 11th. Our earnings call to discuss the results of our third quarter of fiscal 2024 is scheduled for Tuesday, 
November 21st. Operator, we will now open the call for questions. Could you please pull for questions for us? Thank you. Thank you. At this time, I'd like to remind everyone, in order to ask a question, press star then the number one on your telephone keypad. We ask that you please limit yourself to one question. We'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. We'll take our first question from Matt Ramsey with TD Cowan. Your line is now open. Um, yes, thank you very much. Um, good afternoon. Um, obviously, uh, remarkable results. Um, Jensen, I, I wanted to ask uh, a question of you regarding the really quickly emerging application of, of large model inference. So I think it's pretty well understood by the majority of investors that you guys have a, a, a very much a lockdown share of the trading market. Um, a lot of the smaller market, small, smaller model inference workloads ha have been done on ASICs or CPUs in the past. And with many of these GPT and other really large models, um, there's this new workload that's accelerating super duper quickly on, on large model inference. And I think your, your Grace Hopper Superchip products and others are pretty well aligned for that. But could you maybe talk to us about how you're seeing the inference market um, segment between small model inference and large model inference and how your product portfolio is positioned for that. Thanks. Yeah, thanks a lot. So let's take a quick step back. Um, uh, these large language models are, are fairly, are pretty phenomenal. Uh, it, it does several things, of course. It has the ability to understand unstructured language. But at its core, what it has learned is the structure of human language and it has encoded uh, or within it, compressed within it, a large amount of human knowledge that it has learned by uh, the corpuses that it studied. Uh, what happens is you create these large language models and you create uh, as large you, as you can, um, and then you derive from it smaller versions of the model, essentially teacher-student models. It's a process called, called distillation. And, and so when you see these smaller smaller models, it's very likely the case uh, that they were derived from or distilled from or learned from larger models. Um, just as you have professors and teachers and students and so on and so forth. And uh, you're going to see this uh, going forward. And so you, you start from a very large model and has to build, it has um, uh, a large amount of generality and generalization and, and uh, what's called zero-shot capability. And so for a lot of applications um, and questions or skills that you haven't trained it specifically on, uh, these large language models miraculously has the capability to perform them. That's what makes it so magical. Uh, on the other hand, on the other hand, you, you, uh, you would like to have uh, these capabilities in all kinds of computing devices. And, and so what you do is you, you distill them down. These smaller models uh, might have excellent capabilities on a particular skill but they don't generalize as well. They don't have what is called as good zero-shot capabilities. And so they all have their own, own uh, unique capabilities, but, but you start from very large models. Okay, next we'll go to Vivek Arya with B of A Securities. Your line is now open. Uh, thank you. Uh, just had a quick clarification and a question. Uh, Colette, if you could please uh, clarify how much incremental supply uh, do you expect to come online in the next year? You think it's up, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50%. So just any 
terms of how much supply, because you said it's growing every quarter. And then, Jensen, the question for you is, uh, when we look at uh, the overall hyperscaler spending, that pie is not really growing that much. So what is giving you the confidence that they can continue to carve out more uh, you know, off that pie for a generative uh, AI? Just give us your sense of you know, how sustainable is this demand as we look uh, over the next uh, one to two years? So you know, if I take your implied uh, Q3 outlook of data center, you know, 12, 13 billion, what does that say about how many servers are already AI accelerated? Where is that going? So just give us some confidence that the growth that you are seeing is sustainable into the next uh, one to two years. Uh, so thanks for that question uh, regarding our supply. Uh, yes, we, we do expect to continue increasing, ramping our supply over uh, the next quarters as well as into uh, next fiscal year. Um, in terms of percent, that's not something that we, we have here. Uh, it is a, uh, a work across so many different suppliers, so many different parts of building uh, an HDX and many of our other new products that are coming to market. Uh, but we are very pleased uh, with both the support that we have with our suppliers um, and the long uh, time that we have spent with them um, improving this supply. The world has something along the lines of about a trillion dollars worth of data centers installed in the cloud and, and enterprise and, and otherwise. And that trillion dollars of data centers is in the process of transitioning um, into accelerated computing and generative AI. We're seeing two simultaneous platform shifts at the same time. One is accelerated computing, and the reason for that is because it's the most cost-effective, most energy-effective, and the most performant way of doing computing now. And so, so what you're seeing, and, and then all of a sudden, uh, enabled by generative AI, um, uh, enabled by accelerated computing, generative AI came along. And this incredible application uh, now gives every, everyone two reasons to transition, to do a platform shift from general purpose computing, the classical way of doing computing, to this new way of doing computing, accelerated computing. There's about a trillion dollars worth of data centers, uh, call it a quarter of a trillion dollars of, of uh, capital spend each year. Um, uh, you're seeing that, that data centers around the world are taking that capital spend and focusing it on the two most important trends of, of computing today, accelerated computing and generative AI. And so, so I, I think this is not a, this is not a, a, um, a a near-term thing. This is a, a long-term industry transition, and uh, we're seeing these two platform shifts happening at the same time. Next, we go to Stacy Razgon with Bernstein Research. Your line's open. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my question. I was wondering, uh, Colette, if you could tell me like how much of data center in the quarter, maybe even the guide is like systems versus um, GPU, I'm, I'm like DGX versus just the H100. What I'm really trying to get at is how much is like pricing or content or however you want to define that um, versus units actually driving the growth going forward. Can you give us any color around that? Sure, Stacey. Let me uh, help. Within the quarter, um, our HDX systems uh, were a very significant part of our uh, data center as well as our data center growth uh, that we had seen. Uh, those systems include our HDX of our hopper architecture, but also our Ampere architecture. 
yes, we are still selling uh, both of these architectures for in the market. Now, when you think about that, what does that mean uh, from both uh, the systems as a unit, of course, is growing uh, quite substantially, um, and that is driving in terms of uh, the revenue increases. So both of these things are the drivers um, of the revenue inside data center. Our DGXs are always a portion of additional systems that we will sell. Those are great opportunities uh, for enterprise customers um, and many other different types of customers that we're seeing even in our uh, consumer internet companies. Now, the importance of there is also uh, coming together with software uh, that we sell uh, with our DGXs, uh, but that's a portion um, of our sales that we're doing. The rest of the GPUs, we have new GPUs coming to market uh, that we talk about, the L40S, um, and they will add uh, continued growth going forward. Uh, but again, the largest driver of our revenue within this last quarter was definitely the HDX system. And, and Stacey, if I could just add something. Uh, the, you, you say it's H100, and I know you know what your, 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 your mental image in your mind, but uh, the H100 is 35,000 parts, 70 pounds, nearly a trillion transistors in, in combination. Takes a robot to build, well, many robots to build, uh, because it's 70 pounds to lift. And it takes a supercomputer to test a supercomputer. And so these these things are technology marvels, and and uh, uh, the manufacturing of them is is really intensive. And so so I think we we you know we call it H100 as if it's a, a chip that comes off of a fab. But H100s go go out really as HGX and Internet World's hyperscalers, and and uh, they're really really uh, quite large system components, if you will. Next, we go to Mark Lipicus with Jefferies. Your line is now open. Hi, uh, thanks for taking my question, and, and congrats on the on the success. Um, Jensen, it seems like the uh, you know a key part of the success, your success in the market, is delivering the software ecosystem along with the chip and the hardware platform. And I had a two-part question on this. Um, I was wondering if you could just help us understand, you know, the evolution of your software ecosystem, the critical elements, and is there a way to quantify your lead uh, on this dimension, like how many person years you've in, invested in building it, and then part two. I, I was wondering if you would uh, care to share with us your view on the what, what percentage of the value of the NVIDIA platform is hardware differentiation versus software differentiation. Thank you. Yeah, Mark, I really appreciate the question. The, um, uh, let, let me see if I could use some metrics. So we have a runtime called NVIDIA AI Enterprise. This is, this is one part of our software stack. And this is, this is uh, if you will, the runtime that just about every company uses for the end-to-end -end of machine learning, from data processing, the training of any model that you, uh, that you like to do on any framework you like to do, um, the inference, and the deployment, um, the scaling it out into uh, a data center. It could be a scale-out for a hyperscale data center. It could be a scale-out for um, enterprise data center, for example, on VMware. You can do this on any of our GPUs. We have uh, hundreds of millions of GPUs in the field and uh, millions of GPUs in the cloud, in just about every single cloud. Uh, and um, 
it, it runs in a single GPU configuration, uh, as well as multi-GPU per compute or multi-node. It also has um, uh, multiple uh, app, multiple sessions or multiple multiple computing instances per GPU. So from multiple instances per GPU to multiple GPUs, multiple nodes to entire data center scale. So this runtime called NVIDIA AI Enterprise has something like 4,500 software packages, software libraries, and has something like 10,000 dependencies um, among each other. And uh, that runtime is, is, as I mentioned, uh, continuously updated and optimized for our, for our install base, for our stack. And that, that's just one example of what it would take uh, to uh, get accelerated computing to work, that the number of, of code combinations and type of application combinations is really quite insane. And um, that's taken us two decades to get here. But uh, what, I would, what, I would, what I would characterize as probably our, our, um, the elements of our, of, our, of our company, if you will, are several. I would say number one is architecture. The flexibility, the versatility, and the performance of our architecture makes it possible for, for us to do all the things that I just said. And, you know, from data processing to training to inference, um, for pre-processing of the data before you do the inference to the post-processing of the data, um, tokenizing of, 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 uh, of, um, of uh, uh, languages so that you could then train, train with it. Um, the amount of the, the workflow is much more intense than just training or inference. Um, but anyways, that's where people focus and it's fine. But, but uh, when people actually use these computing systems, it's quite uh, uh, requires a, a lot of applications. And so the, the combination of our architecture makes it possible for us to deliver the lowest cost of ownership. And the reason for that is because, because we accelerate so many different things. Uh, the second characteristic of our, of our company is the install base. You know, you have to ask yourself, why is it that all the software developers come to our platform? And the reason for that is because software developers seek a large install base so that they can reach the largest number of end users so that they could uh, build a business or, or get a return on the investments that they make. And, and then the third characteristic is, is reach. Uh, we're in the cloud today, uh, both for public cloud public-facing cloud, because we have so many uh, customers that use it, so many developers and customers that use our, our platform, CSPs are delighted to put it up in the cloud. Uh, they use it for internal consumption, you know, to, to develop uh, and train and, and to operate recommender systems or uh, search or data processing uh, engines and, and whatnot, all the way to training and inference. And so we're in the cloud, we're in enterprise. Uh, yesterday, we had a very big announcement. Um, it's really worthwhile to, to uh, take a look at that. Um, VMware uh, is the operating system of the world's enterprise, and um, we've been working together for several years now. And we're we're going to bring together together we're going to bring generative AI to the world's enterprises, um, all, all the way out to the edge. And so reach is another reason. And because of reach, all of the world's system makers are anxious to put NVIDIA's uh, platform in their systems. And so we have a very broad distribution from all of the world's OEMs and uh, ODMs and so on and so forth because of our reach, and then lastly because of our scale and velocity, you know we were we were able to sustain uh, this this uh, really complex stack of software and hardware and networking and compute and across all of these different uh, uh, usage models and different computing environments 
uh, and uh, we're able to to, uh, to do all this uh, uh, while accelerating the velocity of our engineering. You know, it seems like we're introducing a new architecture every two years. Now we're introducing a new architecture, a new new product just about every six months. And so these these properties make it possible for um, the ecosystem to uh, build their company and their business on top of us. And so those those uh, you know in combination makes us special. Next, we'll go to Atif Malik with City. Your line's open. Hi, uh, thank you for taking my question and, and, and great um, job on the results and outlook. Colette, I have a question on the Covox Less L40S there you guys talked about. Um, any idea how much of uh, the supply tightness uh, can uh, L40S help with? And if you can talk about uh, the incremental profitability or gross margin contribution from this product. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Atif, let me let me take that for for you. The um, uh, L40 L40s is really designed for a different type of application. Uh, H100 is designed for large scale uh, language models and uh, processing just very large models and a great deal of data. And so that's that's not L40s's focus. L40s focus uh, is to be able to fine tune models, fine tune uh, pre-trained models. And it'll do that incredibly well. It has a transformer engine. It's got a lot of performance. Um, you can get multiple GPUs in a in a server. Uh, it's designed for for um, uh, hyperscale scale out, meaning uh, it's easy to to uh, to uh, uh, install L40s servers into the world's hyperscale data centers. It comes in a standard rack, um, standard server, and uh, um, uh, everything about it is standard. And so it's easy to uh, install. Uh, L40s also is with the software stack around it, and along with Blue, Bluefield 3, and all the work that we did with VMware and the work that we did with uh, Snow, Snowflakes and and um, ServiceNow and so many other uh, enterprise partners. Uh, L40s is designed uh, for the world's enterprise IT systems. And that's the reason why HPE, Dell, and Lenovo, and uh, uh, some up 20 other system makers uh, building a, about 100 different configurations of enterprise servers are going to work with us to take uh, generative AI to the world's enterprise. And so L40S is really designed for, for a, uh, a different, different type of scale-out, if you will. It's, of course, uh, large language models. It's, of course, generative AI. Um, but it's it's a, a different use case, and so the the L40s is going to is off to a great start, and um, uh, you know the world's enterprise and uh, hyperscalers are really clamoring to uh, get on get uh, L40s deployed. Okay, next we'll go to uh, Joe Moore with Morgan Stanley. Your line is now open. Great, thank you. Um, I guess the, the thing about these numbers that's so remarkable it, to me is the amount of demand that remains unfulfilled. Talking to some of your customers, you know, as good as these numbers are, you, you sort of more than tripled uh, your revenue in, in a couple of quarters. Um, there's there's a demand in some cases for for multiples of what people are getting. So can you talk about that? Uh, you know, how much unfulfilled demand do you think there is? And you talked about visibility extending into next year. 
you know, do you have line of sight into when you'll get to see uh, supply demand equilibrium here? Yeah, we have excellent visibility uh, through the year and into next year. And we're already planning uh, the next generation infrastructure with uh, the leading CSPs and data center builders. Uh, the demand, the, the easiest way to think about the demand is the world is transitioning from general purpose computing to accelerated computing. That's the easiest way to think about the demand. Uh, the, the best way for companies to increase their throughput, uh, improve their energy efficiency, improve their cost efficiency, is to divert their capital budget to accelerated computing and generative AI. Because by doing that, you're gonna offload so much workload off of the CPUs that the available CPUs is uh, in your data center will get boosted. And, and so uh, what you're seeing companies do now is recognizing this, this uh, the tipping point here, re recognizing the beginning of this transition and diverting their capital investment to accelerated computing and generative AI. Um, and so, so that's, that's probably the easiest way to think about the opportunity ahead of us. Uh, this isn't a, a singular application that, that is driving the demand, but this is a new computing um, platform, if you will, a new computing transition uh, that's happening. And um, uh, data centers uh, all over the world are responding to this and uh, uh, shifting you know, uh, in a broad-based way. Okay, next we go to, uh, to Shia Hari with Goldman Sachs. Your line is now open. Hi, thank you for taking the question. I had one quick uh, clarification question for Colette and then another one for, for Jensen. Um, Colette, I think last quarter you had said um, CSPs were about 40% of your data center revenue, um, consumer internet 30%, enterprise 30%. Based on your remarks, it, it sounded like uh, CSPs and consumer internet may have been a larger percentage of your business. Uh, if you can kind of clarify that or confirm that, that would be super helpful. And then Jensen, um, a question for you, um, you know, given your position as the the key enabler of of AI, the the breadth of of engagements and the visibility you have into customer projects, um, I'm I'm curious how confident you are that there will be enough you know applications or use cases for your customers to generate a reasonable reasonable return on their investments. Um, I guess I asked the question because um, there, there is a concern out there that. Um, you know, there there could be a bit of a pause in in your in your demand profile in the out years. Curious, um, you know, if there's enough breadth and, and depth there to to support a sustained uh, increase in your data center business going forward. Thank you. Okay, so thanks, to Toshia, on the question regarding uh, our types of customers that we have in our data center business, and uh, we look at it in terms of combining our compute as well as our networking together. Our CSPs, our large CSPs, are uh, contributing a little bit more than 50% of our revenue within Q2. And the next largest category will be our consumer internet companies. And then the last piece of it will be our enterprise um, and high-performance computing. So, Shia, I'm, I'm reluctant to, to uh, guess about the future. Um, and so I'll, I'll answer the question from uh, the first principled computer science perspective. It is, it is recognized for some time now that 
uh, general purpose computing is just not and brute forcing general purpose computing, using general purpose computing at scale is no longer the best way to go forward. It's too energy uh, costly, it's too expensive, and the performance of the applications are too slow. Uh, and finally, the world has a new way of doing it. It's called accelerated computing, and what kicked it into turbocharge is generative AI. Um, but accelerated computing could be used for all kinds of different applications that's already in the data center. And by using it, you offload the CPUs, you, you, you save a ton of money, you, an order of magnitude uh, in cost and order of magnitude in energy, and the throughput is higher. And, um, uh, and that's, what, that's what the industry is really responding to. Going forward, the best way to invest in a data center is to divert the capital investment from general purpose computing and focus it on generative AI and accelerated computing. Generative AI provides a new way of generating productivity, a new way of generating new services to offer to your customers, and accelerated computing helps you save money and save power. And, and uh, the number of applications is, is um, well, you know, tons. Lots of developers, lots of applications, lots of libraries. Uh, it's ready to be deployed. And so I think, I think the data centers around the world recognize this, that this is the the, the best way to deploy resources, to deploy capital going forward for data centers. This is true for um, the world's clouds and, and, uh, and you're seeing a, a whole crop of, of new GPU specialty, GPU specialized cloud service providers. Uh, one of the famous ones is CoreWeave and they're doing incredibly well. Uh, but you're seeing the regional uh, GPU specialists, uh, uh, service providers all over the world now. And, um, and, it, and it's because they all recognize the same thing, that the best way to invest your capital going forward is to put it into accelerated computing and, and uh, generative AI. Uh, we're also seeing that, that uh, enterprises want to do that. But in order for enterprises to do it, you have to support the management system, the operating system, the security and software, uh, software defined data center approach of enterprises, and that's called VMware. And uh, we've been working several years with VMware to make it possible for VMware to support uh, not just the virtualization of CPUs, but the virtualization of GPUs, as well as the distributed computing capabilities of GPUs, uh, supporting NVIDIA's Bluefield uh, for high-performance networking, and all of the generative AI libraries that we've been uh, working on is now going to be offered as a special SKU um, by VMware's Salesforce, uh, which is uh, as we all know, uh, quite large because they, they reach uh, some uh, several hundred thousand uh, VMware customers around the world. And this new SKU is going to be called VMware Private AI Foundation. And, um, uh, and uh, uh, this will be a new SKU that makes it possible for enterprises. And in combination with HP, Dell, and Lenovo's uh, new server offerings based on L40S, uh, any, any, any enterprise uh, could have a state-of-the-art AI data center and be able to engage generative AI. And so I, I think the, the, uh, the, the answer to, to that question is hard to predict exactly what's going to happen quarter to quarter, um, uh, but I think the trend is very, very clear now that we're seeing a platform shift. Next, we'll go to uh, Timothy Arcuri with UBS. Your line is now open. 
Thanks a lot. Um, can you talk about the attach rate of your networking uh, solutions to your um, to, to the uh, compute that you're shipping? Um, in other words, is is like half of your compute shipping with your networking solutions, you know, more than half, less than half? And is this something that maybe you can use to prioritize allocation of the uh, of of the uh, GPUs? Thank you. Well, working backwards, uh, we don't use that to, to prioritize the allocation of our GPUs. Um, we let customers decide what networking they would like to use. And um, uh, for the customers that are building very large infrastructure, InfiniBand is, you know, I hate to say it, kind of a no-brainer. And the reason for that, uh, because, because the efficiency of InfiniBand um, is, is so significant, uh, you know, some 10, 15, 20% higher throughput for a billion dollars uh, infrastructure translates to enormous savings. Basically, the networking is free. And so if you have a, a, um, a single application, if you will, infrastructure, or it's largely dedicated to large language models or large AI, AI systems, InfiniBand is really, really a terrific choice. However, if you're if you're hosting for a lot of different users and and um, uh, Ethernet is really core to the way you manage your data center, um, uh, we have we have an excellent solution there that we just recently announced and it's called Spectrum X. Well, we're going to bring the the capabilities, if you will, lot, not all of it, but but uh, uh, some of it of the capabilities of InfiniBand uh, to Ethernet, uh, so that we can we can uh, also within the the uh, environment of Ethernet allow you to enable you to um, uh, get excellent generative AI capabilities. So Spectrum X is, in, is just ramping now. Uh, it uh, requires Bluefield 3 and it supports uh, both our Spectrum uh, 2 and Spectrum 3 um, uh, Ethernet switches. And the, the uh, additional performance is really spectacular. Uh, and you know, Bluefield 3 makes it possible and a whole bunch of software that goes along with it. You know, Bluefield, Bluefield as, as all of you know, is, is a, a project really dear to my heart, and um, uh, it's, it's off to just a tremendous start. I think it's a home run. And this, this is the, the concept of, of uh, in-network computing and putting a lot of software in the computing fabric uh, is being realized with, uh, with Bluefield 3, and it, it is going to be a home run. Our final question comes from the line of Ben Ritzis with Milius. Your line is now open. Hi, uh, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for the question and putting me in here. Um, my question is with regard to DGX Cloud. Um, can you talk about the reception uh, that you're seeing and um, you know how the momentum is going? And then Colette, can you also talk about your software business? What is the run rate right now? And um, the materiality of that business, and it does seem like it's already helping margins a bit. Thank you very much. Uh, DGX Cloud's strategy, let me start there. Um, DGX Cloud's strategy is to, to achieve several things. Um, number one, uh, to enable a really close partnership between us and the world CSPs. Uh, we we recognize that, that um, many of our well, we work with some 30,000 companies around the world. Uh, 15,000 of them are startups. Uh, thousands of them are generative AI companies. 
And um, uh, the fastest growing segment, of course, is generative AI. We're working with all of all of the world's uh, AI startups, and um, uh, and and ultimately, they would like to be able to land in one of the world's leading clouds. And um, uh, and so we uh, we uh, built DGX Cloud as a footprint inside the world's uh, leading clouds, so that we could uh, simultaneously work with uh, all of our AI partners and uh, help land them uh, in easily in um, uh, one of our cloud partners. Uh, the, the second benefit is that it allows uh, our CSPs and ourselves to work really closely together to improve the, the performance um, of uh, hyperscale clouds, which is historically designed for multi-tenancy and not designed for high-performance distributed computing like generative AI. And so uh, to be able to work closely architecturally uh, to, to um, uh, have our engineers work hand-in-hand -hand to improve the networking performance and the computing performance uh, uh, has been really uh, powerful, really terrific. And then thirdly, of course, uh, NVIDIA uses uh, very large infrastructures ourselves. And, and um, uh, our self-driving car team, our uh, NVIDIA research team, our generative AI team, our language model team, you know, the, the amount of infrastructure that we need uh, is quite, quite significant. And um, I, uh, none, of our, none of our optimizing compilers are possible without our uh, DGX systems. You know, even compilers these days require AI, and uh, optimizing software and infrastructure software requires AI to, to even develop. Uh, uh, it, it's been well publicized that uh, our engineering uses AI to design our chips. And so, so um, uh, the internal, our own consumption of AI, our robotics team, so on and so forth, Omniverse team, so on and so forth, uh, all needs AI. And so, uh, so our, our internal consumption is quite large as well, and we land that uh, in DGX Cloud. And so DGX Cloud has multiple, uh, multiple uh, uh, use cases, multiple drivers, uh, and uh, it's been off to just an enormous success. And uh, our, our, uh, our CSPs love it. Uh, the developers love it, and our own internal engineers are, are clamoring to have more of it. And uh, it's a great way for us to engage and, and work closely with uh, all of the AI ecosystem around the world. And let's see if I can answer your question uh, regarding our software revenue. Uh, uh, in part of our uh, opening remarks that we made as well, um, remember software is a part of almost all of our products, whether they are data center, uh, products, GPU systems, uh, or any of our uh, products within gaming and our future automotive products. You're correct, we're also selling it uh, in a standalone business. And that standalone uh, software uh, continues to grow, uh, where we are providing both the software services upgrades um, across there as well. Now, we're seeing at this point probably hundreds of millions of dollars annually for a software business. And we um, are looking at NVIDIA AI Enterprise to be included um, uh, with many of the products that we're selling, such as our DGX, such as our uh, PCIe versions of our H100. And I think we're going to see uh, more availability even with our CSP marketplaces. So we're off to a great start, and I, I do believe we'll see this uh, continue to grow going forward. And that does conclude today's question and answer session. I'll turn the call back over to Jensen Wong for any additional or closing remarks.
A new computing era has begun. The industry is simultaneously going through two platform transitions, accelerated computing and generative AI. Data centers are making a platform shift from general purpose to accelerated computing. The trillion dollars of global data centers will transition to accelerated computing to achieve an order of magnitude better performance, energy efficiency, and cost. Accelerated computing enabled generative AI, which is now driving a platform shift in software and enabling new, never-before-possible applications. Together, accelerated computing and generative AI are driving a broad-based computer industry platform shift. Our demand is tremendous. We are significantly expanding our production capacity. Supply will substantially increase for the rest of this year and next year. NVIDIA has been preparing for this for over two decades and has created a new computing platform that the world's industry, world's industries can build upon. What makes NVIDIA special are, one, architecture. NVIDIA accelerates everything from data processing, training, inference, every AI model, real-time speech to computer vision, and giant recommenders to vector databases. The performance and versatility of our architecture translates to the lowest data center TCO and best energy efficiency. Two, install base. NVIDIA has hundreds of millions of CUDA-compatible GPUs worldwide. Developers need a large install base to reach end users and grow their business. NVIDIA is the developer's preferred platform. More developers create more applications that make NVIDIA more valuable for customers. Three, reach. NVIDIA is in clouds, enterprise data centers, industrial edge, PCs, workstations, instruments, and robotics. Each has fundamentally unique computing models and ecosystems. System suppliers, like OEMs, computer OEMs, can confidently invest in NVIDIA because we offer significant market demand and reach. Scale and velocity. NVIDIA has achieved significant, significant scale and is 100% invested in accelerated computing and generative AI. Our ecosystem partners can trust that we have the expertise, focus, and scale to deliver a strong roadmap and reach to help them grow. We are accelerating because of the additive results of these capabilities. We're upgrading and adding new products about every six months versus every two years to address the expanding universe of generative AI. While we increase the output of H100 for training and inference of large language models, we're ramping up our new L40S universal GPU for scale, for cloud scale out and enterprise servers. Spectrum X, which consists of our Ethernet switch, Bluefield 3 Super NIC, and software, helps customers who want the best possible AI performance on Ethernet infrastructures. Customers are already working on next-generation accelerated computing and generative AI with our Grace Hopper. We're extending NVIDIA AI to the world's enterprises that demand generative AI, but with the model privacy, security, and sovereignty. Together with the world's leading enterprise IT companies, Accenture, Adobe, Getty, Hugging Face, Snowflake, ServiceNow, 
VMware, and WPP, and our enterprise system partners, Dell, HPE, and Lenovo. We are bringing generative AI to the world's enterprise. We're building NVIDIA Omniverse to digitalize and enable the world's multi-trillion dollar heavy industries to use generative AI to automate how they build and operate physical assets and achieve greater productivity. Generative AI starts in the cloud, but the most significant opportunities are in the world's largest industries, where companies can realize trillions of dollars of productivity gains. It is an exciting time for NVIDIA, our customers, partners, and the entire ecosystem to drive this generational shift in computing. We look forward to updating you on our progress next quarter. This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect.